So I have to tell you about something, and it's at the same time both really wonderful and really sad. We'll start with the wonderful. Um, right now, there are three groups meeting weekly for Bible study at various places, various times throughout the week. Um, a few dozen of you are involved in these groups. And like that's the wonderful thing. People getting together around God's word, um, loving each other, being loved by other people, being in touch with God's word, not just on Sundays, but during the middle of the week. That is a huge blessing and it is absolutely wonderful. And another wonderful thing is that in each one of these groups, all of them this week, each group has a text message thread, you know, if there's a change in date or time or whatever. In each one of these groups, they have a message thread, and people reached out. And this was also wonderful. People reached out this week saying, hey, can you all say some prayers? And it's part of the blessing of having a group. It's why I say at least a couple times a month, hey, you should join a group. You should, whatever you have to change in your schedule, you should make it a priority to connect with other Christians during the week. You get in contact with God's word. You love people. You get to be loved by people and have conversations that just don't happen at church. That's the wonderful part. The sad part is the nature of the messages and what they asked for prayer for. And this was all three groups this week. Group one, this is, it's, I'm shortening it, and it might even see, seem cold, but that's the subject nature. Group number one was, she died after a long struggle. We've been praying for this lady for weeks and months. Group number two was, she died suddenly, heart attack, out of the blue. And group number three, he's on the doorstep of death. He seems like he's going to go any day, any hour. All three groups, this week, in a church of 100 people. Now, whether you received one of those messages or not, you all know what that's like. Maybe not those exact things, but you know that it's a part of life. Things like that. A very sad but also a very real part of life. And likely, it's going to happen again. It's probably going to happen again in your life at some point. Like, to everyone who was part of those texts and to you. But what if it didn't? What, 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 if, it, what if it never happened again? What if there were a time when all that type of thing were all done? What if there was a time when there was no more trouble, no more suffering, no more tears, no more sending text messages asking for prayer, for grief, and for death because there was no more reason at all to have any sort of grief at all? What if that were the case? Well, that's the picture we get from Revelation chapter 7. John, the same one who wrote earlier that we are children of God because he's taken away all our sins and adopted us, the same guy 
he gives us this dream picture. And this is what he sees in his vision and what he relays to us. Listen in. We're going to take it a few verses at a time. So John says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Pause there. The first words were, after this. So what had John just said? Well, he had just given a flashback to some time before time even existed, before this universe even existed. And this always makes my head hurt when I talk about it, a time before time began. But that's what the picture is. Because the Bible says that at some point before any of us or any atoms or any of this universe or time itself even existed, it said that God, the word is sealed, his, you might say, forever saints, where he said, you are mine. I'm going to have you with me forever. And that's what John had just seen. He saw the, the before time aspect, and now he gets to see into our future. And it's beautiful, isn't it? First of all, all these people are holding palm branches. Now, that's not a lot of significance to us, but to them, it was. Because in the Old Testament, when would people hold palm branches? Well, it was every year. Every year when? Every year when all the harvest had come in, all the work was done, they had confidence that they were going to make it through the winter because they had enough crop because it had all come in and the work was done and now they could rest. It was called the Feast of Booths. It was also the time when they looked back on their 40 years wandering around in the wilderness of the desert. And they looked back on it and remembered it and then rejoiced in the victory that they weren't there anymore. They weren't wandering around in the wilderness, in the desert. No, they had a home, they had crops, they had gathered all the harvest, and now the work was done, and they stand there in the victory year after year holding palm branches. And John is saying, that's what these souls were doing in eternity, in the future. They were holding the palm branches of victory. They were beyond the veil of death already. They were in a place and in a time when death no longer existed. And they're giving thanks, not for the harvest of the field, but for the harvest of souls that God has drawn in. And they're rejoicing because they're not in the wilderness of this world anymore. They're not wandering around in grief, not exactly sure what's going to happen and when it's going to end and how it's all going to work out. They're past that already. And so they're holding the palm branches of peace and of victory. And they remember back when they were in this world, wandering around in what feels so often like the desert and wilderness, but they're also full of joy because that's completely done for. Now, equally as good as what they're doing is who is doing it. Do you see what it said? It said it was a great multitude, uncountable. That is how many people are and will be in eternal life. A great multitude that so many people, you can't even count it. I can't even put a number on it. That is good. And what else does it say? It says they're from every nation. Every nation. Like every different country. Every different government. Like these are like political, national divides. Every nation. What else? From every tribe. A tribe is the people that you are related to. 
So all the people you're related to and all the people that every single one of you are related to and every person in the world. What else? From every people. The word people here, it means like the people that are in your reach, the people that are in your neighborhood, the people around you. And this goes for everyone in the world and also people from every language. They didn't understand each other here on earth, but in eternity, they are all together, totally together, totally pure, praising Jesus. Now, that's beautiful, but you know as well as I. In our world, there's a lot of division in all of these different areas, nation, tribe, people, language, there is a lot of, you might say, not togetherness. A lot of fighting, a lot of injustice. But not in eternity. That's the promise. Someday, it will be over. But it's not just people. It's not just people saying this, it's also the angels they joined in. Verse 11 says, All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Why in the world are angels worshipping God like this? It doesn't say exactly, but maybe. Maybe it's because they're so happy that there is a great multitude of people, so great that even the angels can't count them and that they're from every nation and tribe and language and people and they are all here. Maybe they're praising God for bringing in his harvest of souls and they're so happy that they get to be with them, which is you, forever and ever. Let's go on. Then one of the elders asked me, John, in the vision, these in white robes, who are they? And where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. Now, commentators say that this is John saying, like, uh, you are going to have to answer that question for me. Like, that's what he's saying when he says, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. What's that? That's now. That's life in general. We are in it. People will say the Great Tribulation has been going on probably since the first century A.D. when the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed. It's going on right now. We are living constantly in it. It will be over whenever the end of time comes. And every time a Christian dies, they leave the Great Tribulation. They come out of it. He says, They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, now here are 10 statements that describe your future glory that we focus on. It says, Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. Six, the sun will not beat down on them nor any scorching heat. Why? For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd and he will lead them to springs of living water and last but not least, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. That, that is what carries you through tribulation. That, that picture, that vision of a totally blessed ending. 
just like on a, let's say on a smaller scale. And these things, they're, they're both important, but also meaningless in comparison, okay? So let's say that right now, you have absolutely zero peace in your life when it comes to finances, your personal finances. But let's say somehow you receive some sort of miraculous vision that five years from now, like whatever picture you have in your mind of that would be peace and that would be a good situation financially, somehow you found out that five years from now, that's where you're at. Well, that wouldn't just make it easy right now. But knowing that that's the case for five years from now, that would certainly affect how you go day to day, even right now, in this, what you would say is a not great financial situation. Or, or let's say you're going through a really tough relational issue. Maybe it's with a family member or a friend or a person you used to know or maybe it's someone at school. Maybe it's a teacher at school. Uh, maybe it's someone at your work and it, it keeps you up at night. You, you worry about it day and night. But let's say somehow you got this vision that, let's say, a year from now, it was perfect in a way you could only dream. Now, we don't, we don't get visions like that, but if you did, what would that mean for you now in the present? It would still be sad and difficult and tough to move through, but it would certainly carry you through the tribulation of the moment. The example in the front of the worship folder. Many of you have gone through this. I have not. But giving birth to a child, from what I hear, it is incredibly painful and it is not a pleasant experience. And no one in their right mind would just choose to go through pain like that. But what carries you on? The vision of the future, a child. And that doesn't make it any easier or any less painful, but it carries you through this future vision. How much more this, they are before the throne of God, never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. How much more so does that carry you through whatever tribulation you're going through right now? It doesn't make it easier. Like all those messages, the text messages that went around this week, oh, this does not, I wish it meant that you weren't going to be sad. I wish it meant that everything was just fixed right now. I wish it did, but it doesn't. And that's still your future, and it's still meaningful. But did you see in those verses what there was none of? Let me say it this way. In eternity, what are we going to be singing and shouting and dancing about. Not the things we did here on earth. There will be none of that. We will not be sitting around in eternity reminiscing and saying, remember, remember when, when you know, the church I was at in 2023, remember when we helped all those people? Or remember when I forgave my friend even though they didn't deserve it? Or remember how my financial situation became very peaceful in 2028? Or remember when that relationship got fixed in 2024? Or remember, like, none of that. There's, there's nothing in here about you and I as well. What does it say? It says, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God. 
none of us would say that in heaven we can't wait to reminisce about everything that happened here on earth. But right now, I know for me, I get wrapped up in myself. We get wrapped up in ourselves because it's way easier to focus on ourselves than to, it is to devote our attention to others. Because you're you. It, it's natural. It doesn't mean it's good or right, but it's natural. It's way easier to observe myself and be thinking, how do other people view me? How am I presenting myself to the world? What do they think about me? Am I doing well enough? Like That's the same thing with the, with the cross-country kids I was talking about. It's so hard. But what's a great way for them to face their goal on Saturday and go and run? It's not to think about what's this going to get me at all. It's simply to think, I have this ability. I'm just going to try to use it as best as I can. I know my parent or parents are still going to love me. I know my coaches are still going to care about me. And what I have that I don't think all of them have is I know God's going to love me no matter what, no matter how I do. And that goes for not just for cross country, but for every single aspect of your life. Go and try to do the thing very well, but don't attach your identity to it. And deep down why this is, is because momentarily we've forgotten John's vision. We've forgotten what's coming in the future. We forget the status that we have right at this very moment. I've alluded to it numerous times. John told us in 1 John 3, he said, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. So, child of God. Of God, the almighty, all-loving Father, who beams on you because he has made you completely pure. Put yourself in John's shoes. Picture this scene. Can you do it? More people than you've ever seen in any stadium, in Times Square on New Year's Eve, more people than you can even imagine seeing together all at once. And they look more different than you could possibly imagine. There are people from countries that you have never even heard of and you were a geography major. There is nothing alike about these people at all. Not how they look, not how they speak, not their culture, not where they come from. There is nothing alike about them at all. Except that they all share the same faith in the Lamb who washed all their sins and all their guilt completely away. And then there's the angels. Hundreds thousands, maybe millions of angels, and they are all shouting. They're warriors of light. They're not choir boys and girls. They're warriors of light that would be extremely scary, except for the fact that they are on your side. And they are shouting at the top of their lungs about the glory of God, and imagine a million angels finishing with a hearty, Amen. And there's no more hunger, there's no more thirst, and there's no more tears because God has wiped them all away. Can you picture it? But it's not yet. It's coming. And it could be reality at any given moment. Jesus could come back at any moment. 
but it's not yet. So for right now, with that vision in mind, can you see it? For right now, just go and live. Amen. Let me pray for all of us. Dear Jesus, every single person, some, well, all of us in different ways, maybe some more severely right now, maybe for some of us this is an easier season of life, but we are all going through tribulation. And seeing this vision of our future, which you have made 100% certain, because no one can accuse me or anyone or any Christian of being not good enough for you because you've declared that we are good enough because you have taken away every last ounce of our guilt, even the guilt that we can't shake ourselves. So fix deep in our hearts this vision of the eternal certain future and let it carry us through all of our tribulations right now, whatever those may be. And also use the people in Bible study groups, use the people here this morning, use other people Use whoever you choose to carry us through the tribulations together, all centered around you and your throne, you who have adopted us and decided to call us your children. In your name we pray, amen.